What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the first episode, season one of the Unframed Podcast. On this episode, I invited my man Buster Share, who you guys might know from Hoops Nation. This dude is 18 years old and running one of the biggest basketball NBA communities in the planet. He went from something that was just a passion of his to actually sitting down and hanging out with rappers, NBA players, influencers all over the world. So we talk everything from branding to basketball to his journey to getting to where he is. So you don't want to miss this one. Check it out. For anyone who's watching or listening, that right now they're probably looking, they're like, okay, here's another millennial that doesn't want to work and just wants to build an Instagram. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so my name is Buster Cher. Back in the day, I started out when I was like, I want to say 12, going on 13 years old. And I saw that there was a ton of coverage on this thing that I kind of liked. It was called fantasy football back then. still is, but it was very OG fantasy football. A decent amount of people played, decent amount of people talked about it, but I wasn't the biggest football fan in the world. I was the biggest, and to this day, I'm one of the biggest basketball fans, and fantasy basketball was just starting to become a thing, yet there was no coverage like there was for fantasy football. So, you know, naive 13-year-old me was like, you know, I should be the one that starts this. So I started writing long form then on Facebook about fantasy basketball, and I'm sure it was terrible. I've looked back at it from time to time and it was terrible. But point is that I started and started testing it out and messing around with that, started learning how to video edit, photo edit, and then kind of the rest is history. Definitely. And I like that because, so I'm 27 now. And do you have any idea what GeoCities is? No. It was in the 90s, like one of the first website builders. Okay. And I was the kid in, I want to say, third third or fourth grade, I made a website for my three-on-three basketball league. That's awesome. Um, so, like, I kind of came up with it just like you did. Obviously, a little bit of an age gap. Yeah. Um, and I was that 13-year-old trying to build some random website or trying to, you know, get that publicity and all that. Uh, so that's cool. That's cool. And a lot of people don't really understand, like, there's a lot of people your age that have no clue really what to do or I mean even especially at 13 didn't right. even understand that you had the capacity to figure it out you know what I mean and you took that upon yourself which is definitely impressive um, so as yeah, far as your main business obviously is Hoops Nation for sure um, is that so did it start out as Hoops Nation that's what no, I was trying didn't. to do a little research and yeah. I couldn't find that so it, it started out as an outlet called All NBA All Day. This was the first thing I started was this fantasy basketball thing. Okay. It was literally a page on Facebook called Fantasy Basketball Community. And I would write a couple paragraphs a day, post it up, a little photo edit, maybe a video edit here and there. And then I decided to broaden my audience. So I started this outlet then when I was like 14 called All NBA All Day. And that's where, you know, I started, you know, caring more about the numbers and caring more about the photos and the videos and less about fantasy basketball. And that's sure. really where I started to broaden out. Is that where it kind of clicked? You're like, wow, like I might actually have something here. You know, not really, because I no. was doing it for like, I was doing it 
I started out just doing it for fun. Like it was never a business. I never intended to make any money from it. I, you know, the the dream, obviously, from day one for kids in 2015 to to this point is like obviously you want to be a YouTuber with like 20 million followers. Right. And that was true. Like that that all was true. I didn't expect any of that to happen, and that wasn't my reasoning for doing it. But you know, long term, that's like, that's always been a dream. But at the same time, like I was just doing for the fun of it, and then it eventually started turning into something over a five-year period. So you're saying back then you didn't think that you'd be hanging out with all these NBA players, oh, Instagram with Fat Joe, and yeah, but... of course not. <laughs> and that's where it I think does. a lot of people get lost in that, though. Because immediately in their head, they're like, well, if I play this right, I'll meet this person, I'll meet that person, which isn't bad. But it's like, that's where you kind of get disappointed when you, five years down the road, you're like, I have a thousand page likes. And you get get caught up in those numbers. And it's it's definitely one of those things that people get trapped in. And I mean, obviously, you know, when you just keep, I mean, you're, you just turned 18, right? A couple days ago, where like, so that's you're talking a five-year progression that mm-hmm. you it sounds like you did it every day too you know every day every you're day. posting where yep. people During are like oh i can well. put a post up once a month you know what I mean? and it's like it's not how this yeah. stuff works mm-hmm. um so as far as because i know you're really smart when it comes to the branding and the strategy which is stuff you obviously learned along the way um I guess what sort of tactics did you apply or kind of discover that helped you? Because one thing that I've noticed, you've kind of seen like exponential growth where it's like, at least I notice this in social media. It's like you go from zero to 10 K once you hit 10 K it's like, it's on, you know what I mean? That's when people kind of start taking you a lot more serious. Um, Is there anything as far as that goes that kind of, I mean, that you learned along the way or, that you think people um, could benefit from to know? You know, I've definitely had good moments where growth has been a lot better than at other times, but you know, I, I, I'd never say for me personally on Instagram, at least that I've ever had like something blow up and go crazy in contrast to everything else that I post, like okay. nothing over indexes to a point where I'm just like freaking out. Um, so it's definitely been, been, you know, a steady progression over the years, but best tactic that I've learned and this dates back even to 2016 when I first came on Instagram both personally and for Hoops Nation uh, just cross promotion that's that's the biggest thing Um, when I first came on Instagram when I was on Facebook I had a 600,000 like Facebook page and I didn't even have an Instagram account so I went to all of the biggest Instagram basketball accounts and was like do you want to have a big Facebook like I have the secrets I will help you grow your Facebook account in exchange for you maybe shouting out my Instagram or following me or letting me know what you what you've done, what you do, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that from the get both helped build relationships with these people. Uh, and then from there, obviously, just the direct growth from that. And I would share their their whatever their posts on Facebook in return. Right. So, I mean, realistically, it's just value adding back and forth. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's, that's something that a lot of people don't get. It's, I mean, it's just, it blows my mind sometimes how people think that they can just hit up somebody and take, you know what I mean? Without offering any kind of thing. Um, it's just, so one thing, like, I definitely want to, because you obviously had the Facebook built first. 
So was there ever concerns about kind of being on the one platform? I mean, you know how MySpace went down. I don't even know yeah, if you use MySpace, but, yeah. um, you know, like people built these massive followings. For example, Vine built massive yeah. Vine followings. Vine gets shut down. Their careers are done. So was that Unless something you... smart like the Paul brothers? Right. <laughs> Where, you know, a lot of people don't get that is that you can't be at the mercy of that one platform. Because yeah. like I said, one thing's done. It's like when they say in business, you have businesses that 80% of their revenue is from one client. Right. So is that something you took into account? Is that what made you get onto Instagram? No, it wasn't even that. Um, you know, I think it had more to do because from the beginning and even with the beginning of Hoops Nation, obviously I wanted that to be the biggest basketball outlet in the world. That was the goal when when you know jumping onto Hoops Nation from originally all NBA all day and these other outlets that I was working on and streaming on and all this stuff. Um like it was still for fun so sure i was still 15 years old so i wasn't thinking honestly too in in too much depth probably for the better about what the longevity of any of it was because i was still just like having fun with it right it was more so how do i reach more people okay the answer to that was because less and less people were spending time on facebook and more and more people were spending time on instagram i was like i should probably spend more time there too so I started doing that. Right. Which, uh, I mean, obviously and, paid off. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I did the same thing with Snapchat and I built a pretty large Snapchat following. And now that doesn't mean so much. Right. I, you know, I've built large Twitter followings. That doesn't mean that much. You know, so I've, I've, I've messed around with a lot of it, built a website, had 40 writers. That doesn't mean nearly as much as my personal Instagram having 100,000. Hoops Nation having another 7,000, having access to another 5 million on Instagram, like that is far more valuable than any of that other stuff that at face value people would have said was way more valuable two years ago. Yeah, and it's definitely, you've built kind of an omnipresence where, you know, obviously not everyone's on Instagram, not everyone's on Snapchat, all these different ones, people kind of pick and choose their flavor. And so it's definitely good that, because I mean, the people you're reaching on Twitter, they might not even know that you're on Instagram. It's true. You know, so it's definitely uh, a good way to look at it. So kind of going into, you mentioned your personal Instagram, your personal brand. I know that that's something, at least from what I've seen, you're kind of doubling down on. I could be wrong. It just looks that way. Tuppling down. Right? Yeah. Um, And that's something that I, like for me, I've been building my personal brand a lot. I own a creative agency, a branding agency, and Mm -hmm. my personal brand by building that, like we're more active, uh, my business partner and I, we're more active on our personal brands than our business accounts, okay. where that in turn leads to more attention for our business. Yep. And do you kind of see that going on with Hoops Nation or what What do you think in 2018 moving forward, like this whole personal brand thing's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, where do you see that going? Uh, yeah, so I guess, I think that has a lot to do with what my personal goals are. Obviously, I want to continue to build the biggest basketball outlet ever off of having fun and memes and crazy highlights, like dumb highlights, everything. Right. You know, all the way to the, the you know, Ray Allen finals winning three-pointer from the corner, right? Uh, but at the same time, if you ask me where in a dream scenario I am in five years, it's as... And this is the way I put it, uh, and you mentioned Gerard earlier. This is what I told him as well. 
Um, when you think of who the biggest comedian in the world is, you think of like a Kevin Hart or whoever, you think of biggest actors, you can name off a million people. But when I say think of the biggest sports influencer in the world, like it gets a little bit more tricky. Yeah. I just like, think of like ESPN, Sports Center personalities. Yeah, you think of like Stephen A. Smith or yeah. an ex ESPN employee, Skip Bayless, right? Yeah. But those guys are confined within the ESPN form. Like when I think of sports influencership, it's tough. So I want to be that person in five years that everybody knows. Right. That's right. I, I think Buster and Elliot. Yeah. And I mean, that's just because <laughs> I'm in the space, though. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like, For sure. So I don't want to. I don't know how you guys, I think you guys are cool, but I know you guys are running kind of competitive outlets. Ellie and I, we're together. Partners, yeah. bro. Are you partnered yeah, with Dunk do. too? Yeah. Oh my God. I was wondering yeah. why uh, I saw you wearing the Dunk shirt and all that. I was like, wait. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he's giving promo to his enemy? Okay, that's what's up. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, we were, um, we were, we were out in, uh, I mean, we're together like half of every week but okay we went out to la for all-star fun story about that i took two weeks off middle of senior year to go out to nba all-star in la and elliot was the orchestrator of that those i have some fun stories from that but uh but yeah that's crazy that's why man i feel stupid now because i'm like i like i said it's like one of those things and especially in the social media game is like a lot of these people they don't want to be friends Cause they think, Oh, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to build a bigger following. They're going to steal my money. And they don't realize there's enough of the pie for everyone. When you, I mean, there's how many billions of people in the world, even if you both have 2 billion followers, Mm -hmm. you know, as not partners, I would say like, there's more than enough. That's cool. That's cool. Cause I mean, another guy that's just killing it right now, as far as that space, that's what's up. That's awesome. So, so you mentioned that you didn't, really imagine kind of the the way this would take off as far as who you'd be surrounded by who you'd be meeting those kind of things yeah up until this point who would you say i don't want anyone to get their hurt feelings out of this who's the favorite person that you've kind of got to kick it with or even even if just have a casual conversation with have a casual conversation with um it's a good question as far as someone who's had the most impact on me and this comes back to actually how Elliot and I met I'm sure you're obviously familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk yeah absolutely so the way I first connected with Elliot is when I was like 15 I'm 18 now when I was 15 I put in a question to ask Gary V show Gary's question said I should connect with Elliot <laughs> crazy wow um, because Elliot was working at Vayner at the time okay and through that I ended up meeting Gary at a college class. He invited me to VanderMedia. I ended up working there for a couple weeks as a summer intern a year back. Um, and we've been we've been cool since, but um, just seeing him here and there. But, uh, you know, getting that from, from an impact standpoint, probably Gary, from like a hype standpoint, I don't know, that's, that's a tough one. Probably some rappers here and there. Sure. NBA guys that I'm just like a just like a huge fan of and and whatnot but um yeah for sure that's awesome yeah i'll be honest like gary vaynerchuk is one of i mean he's the reason i'm doing this podcast right now he's the reason why last year i dropped out of college because i don't i'm like 
wasting my time in it. And then, I mean, he just beats it in your head how stupid it is. Well, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I gave that answer then. Right? No, that's perfect, man. Um, so and one thing I was kind of thinking about is, because obviously you got the 60-second show. Yeah. And, you know, you are meeting all these dudes where it's like, in, in today's world, in society, we kind of have the tendency to put them on a pedestal. Where, you know, you're 18 and you're talking to dudes that are like six years older than you. But there's also, there's always kind of this this vibe that people get from them. Like when you're watching them on TV and in their games and all that. It's like you kind of lose sight of the fact that a lot of these dudes are still kids. Is they that something are. that like, do you feel that connection with them? Just being that you're younger as well? I mean, I'm 27 and I'm older than a lot of these guys. And that right. just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, they, they definitely like me because I'm not another ESPN 50 year old reporter trying to squeeze like gossip out of them. Like my questions never have anything to do with anything that will ever get them in trouble. Anything that like, my questions are always fun. Usually they're softballs or they're funny softballs. And it's more about just building the relationship rather than anything else. And and making these guys look like what you said earlier, people forget that they're humans also, making them look far more human when usually you see them in the post-game press conferences with those 50-year-old ESPN guys when they just want to be chilling it back at the hotel room with their girl or whatever, drinking wine, doing doing their thing. Playing Fortnite. <laughs> Playing Fortnite, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's also making them, making them look human. And, and since my audience as well is like a ton of people that are me like it's just like a lot of me's follow me right (laughs) and vice versa um so being able to like see themselves with you know the andre drummond kemba walker danny green those last three um you know it's it's definitely different which i think is why people kind of you know dig it more Right. And I think that's huge because you're allowing people to see that side, that more casual side. And it's just like at the end of the day, no matter if you're Michael Jordan or Zion, you know, going straight into college now, like, yeah, they're people. They're just a little bit, you know, they're a little bit higher on the ladder of success. Obviously, Michael's way up there, but yeah, it's like still it's trying to figure out if Michael's human. But... <laughs> yeah, right, right. That might be an exception. Sure. Especially after Space Jam, I'm not even sure. Yeah. Not even sure. Cool, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I know you mentioned that, obviously, your your big goal is to turn it into just the biggest basketball outlet in the world. Yeah, for Hoops Nation. As far as beyond that, do you, I mean, is there anything else you're working on that you can, I don't want you to reveal anything that's secret right now, but, I mean, long term, like, where do you see yourself in the next 10, 20 years? Yeah, so I, I mean, I gave you my five year, which is be the biggest sports influencer in the world. So that's no, it's no small task. But um, you know that expansion, um, I want to create a platform in India for basketball fans. I mean, it's something I'm working on. It's random, but yeah, uh, more consulting. Starting to do more consulting with NBA players on their social and okay. the NBA on their social some stuff like that um get involved with more companies be on more advisory boards uh those are all those are all some goals 
yeah, moving to the city next week. So that's a, okay. that's a little big short term one. Um, so really maximizing everything there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the good thing about it is I have time and I don't need to know exactly. Right. I mean, that's one thing where next year, next month, you might be like, actually, I kind of want to do this. You know what I mean? Like things can change so fast. Yeah. And I could do crazy stuff where I just, you know, start a baseball outlet and start spending <laughs> 90% of my time on that because that's what I'm more passionate about or whatever. Right. Right. Like I could, I could do anything, man, which is, which is what's so much fun about it. And also why I decided not to go to college. Right. So that's one thing I was, so obviously now that, you know, you started it as a passion project and I mean, clearly it's started to take off for you. Is that yeah. something where, I mean, college isn't even an option for you now? Is that, is that kind of where your head's at? Uh, so sophomore year, I was a terrible student, by the way, like a terrible, terrible student. I'm dyslexic, ADHD. Like I just can't, like, I just can't do it. Like I didn't read a single book in school ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, ever. Like I didn't read, I've presented on hundreds of books and I can tell you the spark notes <laughs> off the top of my head. And I can only say this cause I've graduated now, but you know, I've done countless, my favorite, my, I'll tell you this real quick. My final, I forget what class it was, but it must've been English. I, I doubt ex teachers of mine would, would watch this, but uh, I did a presentation on a, on like the entire year of books that we had read and I got the best grade in the class an A, a hundred A, A plus, and I didn't read a single book and I'm pretty sure everybody else had read them. But wow. Besides that, <laughs> I was a terrible student, you know, uh, just overall. So like sophomore year and I switched high schools, mid high school. So there's like a lot of complications in all of this, but my goal was always like, it wasn't just not to go to college. It was not to go to college and senior year be able to tell everybody that I wasn't going to college and then be like, oh, yeah, you're making the right choice. Right. Where it's like you, was, you've got your plan where, right. you know, there's people that they graduate high school and they're like, I have no clue what I want to do. We're like, you're you're in your lane, safe to say super in my lane man so. i think that's the best part about it and like if i weren't doing what i was doing i if i'm if i wasn't doing exactly what i'm doing now i would be doing exactly what i'm doing now right if that makes any sense no definitely like if i weren't doing it as a business i'd be doing it as a fan so sure same same exact thing sure um but yeah so that that was always the goal from like sophomore year of high school to now it was not to go to college because i knew college wasn't right for me because school wasn't right for me. And I felt uh, in prison every day that I was in school. Even oh, though I, I was feel that. My phone during every class and getting yelled at. Like, you don't even, I wish there was a counter for how many <laughs> times I got my phone taken away or yelled at. Man, it just, it just got too. Oh, I was the, I could not do another day. the same. I was always the guy just turned around in my seat talking to the person behind me or yeah, just not even, not paying attention at all. And, I mean, that's even something where, like, I was in college for a year and a half. <sighs> Man, I was not in class more than I was in class. Yeah. And that's what, that's what had hit me. I was like, this is not, no, nah, like, especially, like, like how I explained that I've been a creative since I was, like, seven, where it's like, in today's world, you don't need to go to school for that. 
-hmm. where I actually see people, I'm probably going to hurt some feelings by saying this. I see people go to school for graphic design, for business, all those kind of things. And they are, they just don't know what they're doing. They have, cause they, you know, they're taught this book way, which is, you know, probably better than anyone right now that in 2018, your book smarts aren't really going to get you that far in this, in this industry, at least. Forget that far. It's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> right. Right. Where, I mean, you can just hop on YouTube and learn anything you want yeah. for free. I could, teach, I could teach someone more in a day about social media than college could in four years. Right. Right. Especially by the time you're through those four years, everything's just completely changed. Of course. So is that like, a little, about, little foreshadowing, yeah, by the way, for a, yeah. a course, a little social media branding course coming out? Right. I've thought about doing a, an online course, some something of some sorts, but at the end of the day, like I, I, I don't think it would come across as authentic. So okay. I'm holding off on that for now. But uh, you know, like think about where we were four years ago from like a Facebook, Instagram, like didn't really ex- like it existed, but it didn't really exist. Twitter yeah. was probably the platform it went alongside Facebook. Snapchat was like, like some people knew about it. It's just so different. Snapchat, Snapchat. was a whole different thing four years ago. That yeah, was uh, awesome. there was a lot of different stuff going on on Snapchat back in the day. DJ yeah. Cal was not on Snapchat. No, we'll put it that way. No, um, but Snapchat in the last four years was discovered by the common public, adapted by the common public. The common public then left it behind. And now not too many people use Snapchat anymore, all in that four years. So yeah. just imagine what ludicrous info you're getting from a old college professor that isn't even in that age range. It's just ridiculous. Well, they're still teaching out of books from 1986 for marketing classes. It's crazy. And it's, I mean, I don't know that, but obviously you do. Yeah. Well, and it, don't get me wrong. A lot of the stuff, like the concepts in general still apply as far as the psychology behind things and you know, attracting an audience, those sort of things. But it's like, it's not adapted to reality is basically how I look at it. So, and I mean, even with Instagram, they keep you on your toes where it's like every month you got to kind of switch up what you're doing. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, man, I don't, I used to be so active on Snapchat. Like I never really built a big following. It was always kind of personal stuff. Then as soon as Instagram stories dropped, done. Mm -hmm. I I'm on Snapchat maybe once every other day, kind of just yeah. seeing what's going on. I know they were trying to do like the media platform, getting their own shows and channels. And I yep. I mean, right now, I, I think it's safe to say Instagram is where it's at right now yeah. at this current time. Next month, we're probably going to be talking about something else. We'll be back on Facebook because for some reason, just, you know, it kind of runs in cycles. It's crazy. Yeah, I think Instagram is going to be the platform for at least another year. Um, cause it's so far and away the best, Yeah. but you know, I think like even Instagram itself launching new apps, like IGTV, like you just, like it could be the own platform that takes itself down. You never know. Right. Well, that's where something it's, there's actually a video from Gary that came out two months ago. I want to say right a couple weeks after IGTV launched and he's talking, he's like, I can't believe they created a whole separate app for this like when it should have just been right inside the native app and i mean what do you think about that do you think that they kind of messed up with that 
Well, I, it is inside the native app. It's just also a separate app. It yeah. No looks at a separate app. Um, but that's true. I mean, I, under, I understand probably what, what Gary was getting at, but it's also native. Yeah, that's true. Do you use IGTV a lot? Like for yourself? Do you post a lot of content on there? No, the viewership's terrible. The engagement's yeah. terrible. An account like Hoops Nation, I put something up like the day after it launched, even when people were looking at it. And it was like, I remember it was June 26th or 7th because it was when the NBA draft was. And I put out like a top 10 prediction video and it got like 20,000 views when the normal video on the page is getting like 200 to 500,000 views if it's a really good video. Right. Um, so. Is that even when kind of cross promoted, like saying watch the full video? on IGTV do you still no, is it lagging it's not worth it it's not worth it you don't think so I don't think so no it's not something you really want I mean you you obviously kind of tasted it and play around with it but it's not something it you, yeah. I put stuff up both on my personal account and on Hoops Nation and I saw what the engagement was and if people were messing with it and the answer was no so I was like okay right and that's so one weird. of one of those things where who knows a year from now IGTV might be bigger and just, they, you know, they might change it where, I mean, let's be honest, it's really not that hard of a thing to get into. You just go yeah. in, you upload your video, you add your title, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it's there if it just pops one day, which I, that's in a, they're saying that that's supposed to be the YouTube Slayer and I don't know about that. <laughs> so, but do you post a lot on your stories? I haven't seen a ton. Is it more um, when you're out? Stories. Yeah, like more out at events kind of thing? Yeah, it's an events kind of thing. You know, I, I, when I was younger, I'd say I posted for the sake of posting. Okay. Now I only post when I think something, when I think I would personally enjoy watching something. So there are a lot of times where I could put up content, but, uh, you know, I've, I've gone more more the direction of posting stuff that people be like, oh, that's sick. Oh, right. that's dope. And some weeks that might be something every day or five things every day. And some weeks maybe it's a, like it's an email week. Like that's not, that's not exciting, but that's the reality of things. So I'll keep more of the exciting content on Hoops Nation. Right. And that's something that I personally deal with all the time is because I'm over here. I'm like, like this is where I work right in you know in my home where yeah it's like you have these people that they're like showing the shots from their sick office and they're out and about and i'm just over here i'm like what do i even how do i make this look cool so like for me personally one thing i really like the stories for is that the polls and questions it's become just an amazing kind of data collection where you can get you can get a lot of good responses from people there's people that just abuse it where like i've got this one dude that He's probably going to end up watching this for some reason, even though he's a hater. Every single yes or no poll or anything like that I do, he's no. Every single time. And I'm like, I know he's just doing it to do it. You know what I mean? Like, he's not even ask, answering the question, not even reading the question. Just no every time. But it's like, you gotta. I get a lot of good feedback, so I don't know if you've used it that way. Uh, Occasionally. Um, you know, I think most of my feedback comes from comment sections and okay. and how posts perform because that's that's kind of what I live by. So if someone gets 
something over indexes and performs twice as well as something else, then I'm going to pay more attention to that. Right. Or if like on these nightly live streams that I do in Hoops Nation, people are asking all the same question, I'm going to take note of that and make sure that there's a post about that in the next 24, 48 hours. Okay. So that's really where I get my feedback as well as from direct messages. I, I don't, I don't like to use my audience on Hoops Nation at least. For my personal account, I don't really care. It's like, it's more so like, if you like me, you're probably gonna like what I think you would like. Right. If you don't like me, it's probably the wrong place for you to be spending your time. But um, I don't think people are gonna really understand what you just said there. Even though to me, it makes so much sense because it's like people get caught up in what they think other people wanna see that they're creating things that aren't even authentic. You know what I mean? Like they, they kind of try to just portray something or put something out that isn't even true to them. And then they, they don't get the engagement that they expect to see. You want to know what the craziest thing is that I don't think people understand the percentage of Instagram influencers that don't have real engagement. Oh yeah. Or celebrities even. Right. And you'd be surprised the A-listers, like A-listers that have fake likes on their account. Like you're talking like power likes, things like that, and just bots in general? Power likes, bots, tens of thousands yeah. of likes. And then people that are doing it organically go look at them and they're like, they're like, damn, like they, <laughs> they start feeling bad about themselves yeah. because someone's getting... 35,000 likes when in reality, if they didn't power like or didn't do this, they'd be getting like 300. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And that's where, like, you can tell by the comments because they'll have 35,000 likes in like three comments. <laughs> you can also tell if you click on the likes and you scroll for five seconds. Yeah. Well, that's one thing you can do even when you just look at the following. Like, I mean, is it, it's like once a year that. Twitter does a cleanse now. Instagram's been doing it, trying to you know combat that botting, the fake accounts, those kind of things, the click farming. Yeah, that's crazy. They got they got to figure out the fake likes thing now. Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of the biggest things now on Instagram is power likes. Yeah. That's probably the. I mean, other than automation, which I, I mean, you've never used anything like that, have you? I'll admit, I have. I have. And the one thing I notice is like it, because you know, like you set a list of accounts that you want to interact with their followers, the people that like their stuff. Yeah. Half the time, I was targeting people that really weren't even relevant. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it does the auto like thing, and it's like it's gone and liking the last three pictures of some forty year old women that like I it's given them the impression I'm getting hit up in my DMs now by some chick that thinks I'm into her. And it's like, there's, that's funny. And that's, that's like, that's, funny. that's the beast of it. I think that a lot of people don't get is that you're not, it's not authentic. And that's where like the buck 80 strategy, you know, much okay. about Gary from Gary where he talks about, uh, what remind me what that like one is? F- where you follow your favorite hashtags that are relevant to you, your audience, stuff you're posting and actually go engage with people in those hashtags. Leave a comment, like it. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. 
You want to know what my best strategy is? Okay. Find your favorite 200 people that do exactly what you do and become friends with them. That's it. You'll win. So is that kind of going back to the the you you're the five people you surround yourself is that kind of what your your mentality with that uh i i mean even more so from like an algorithm standpoint like okay. obviously yes that's true as well but like if you're if you're close with 200 people that have followings and do what you do like half of them at the very least are going to be liking every single post of yours that's then going to get suggested to all of their followers that are obviously interested in the same thing because you're doing the same thing and they're all going to see it and then your engagement's going to go up and it's all organic and you're building a relationship with all of those people who do the same thing which you can then collaborate with and create more content off of and then the performance is going to over index every single time yeah <laughs> i think i mean that's probably the nugget from this episode right here let's be honest that's what I think a lot of people are going to get the most value from right there. Is that, I mean, the answer. everyone just wants to be with everyone, everyone, though. That's what they don't get. They just want to be friends with everyone. They want everyone liking their stuff. They don't care who it is. Yeah. Where, and I think that people go too fast as well. People think, like, when I say, like, become, like, become is a one-year period. <laughs> right. Like, you can't become friends with everybody. Like, like especially start out with people in your area maybe invite someone out for a drink for a dinner whatever you whatever you want to do or meet up hang out go watch nba finals with them invite them to an nba game like whatever you have use it right and and if you're like if you're a bad person it's probably not going to work if you're a good person it probably will work like it's right. basic it's basic stuff right it's it's it literally is that at its core, it's the most simple thing that you're talking about here. I mean, realistically, what you're talking about is relationship equity. Yeah. So you, you believe in that? You think that's kind of helped you get to where you are? I mean, I don't know the, the specifics behind that definition, but it sounds good. Where it's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I just keep referencing Gary because this dude, is, I mean, he's got it down when it comes to this sort of stuff where it's like, you give without any expectation about getting anything back. You That's know, you're right. just trying to right. add value to other people where it's like, you know, like, I, what did I say in the beginning? Leverage this in any way that you can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where I, it's it, like, yeah, this is so bigger I, than just me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally true. But at the same time, I'm not trying to like blindly give. So like, there's obviously like the expectation is that like i don't need anything ever from anyone ever <laughs> ever ever period like i'm all good <laughs> but you know if i can provide value hopefully they say good things about me right at the very where and that's where so, a, a lot of people they so you, i don't want to call it a hidden agenda because that's just got such a negative connotation where this is how I look at it. Like I'll give, give, give without really like kind of how you're saying, like, I don't need anything, but, but in the back of the, my mind, like there is a purpose behind it where it's yeah. like, but it, a lot of people do that with just the worst intention where they're trying to use people, manipulate people and harm them. Where like every time I'm giving, I'm not going to expect anything back. That's going to hurt this person in the long run. You know, anything that they, I don't expect them to sacrifice their last dollar for me kind of thing. 
where there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out in the world that they're just like that, which is it's unfortunate, but it's reality. So, okay. Yeah, and I think uh, hopefully it changes for those people too. It's all life is trial and error, and that's one of the biggest things that I've figured out. Like it's either I forget who said this. I'd love to credit them on this, but someone said it might have even been Richard Brant. I don't remember who it was, but they're like there are two types of things. It couldn't have been him because it's slang, but it was like there are wins. And so there are W's and there are L's. W stands for wins. L stands for learning experiences. Yeah. That's it. That's, I mean, one of my mottos is I don't take losses. I learn lessons. Like everything in life, like it it happens. You know, there's going to be bad stuff that happens, especially a lot of times we put ourselves in those situations. And then when it's all done and said, we're like, what the hell did we just do that for? But then it's like, I think every single thing you go through, even if it's the worst thing in the world, there's always something you have to pull out of it. It's like even where I'm a reader, I read a lot of personal development books, you know, Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, all that kind of stuff, where Mm -hmm. it's like, there have been some terrible books I've read. Awful. Just like where I've literally like, it's like when you're eating just the worst food in the world, but Mm -hmm. you're so grateful that you have food. So Mm -hmm. you keep eating it. Where like there's if I can pull one thing out of a book, even if it's the worst, even if it's how not to be or how not to think mistakes I shouldn't make. That's I mean, there's a lot of value in that, I think. So and that's, you know, as far as life, I think that's the exact same way it should be approached. So it's awesome. All right. So the big question. So anyone you you mentioned how Hoops Nation started out as a passion project and it obviously still is to this day. Do you have any advice? It started the the project before that and the one before that were more passion than Hoops Nation because I, I when it was all NBA all day, that was 100% passion. And I was just like experimenting and doing this and doing that. And then I realized that I could get videos to get a million plus views. And then I was like, wow, I got to make this professional and make it a thing. So that's where Hoops Nation Sure, is. sir. Sorry yeah. about that. It's a professional yeah, passion did. project. Yeah, how about yeah, that? yeah. How about that? Yeah. So any advice for anyone that kind of wants to do what you're doing, whether it's basketball, they're, they love butterflies, they're, you know, mm-hmm. sneakerhead, anything like that. Like any advice for anyone that's kind of wanting to get started, whether they're mm-hmm. 40 or 10? Yeah. So if they're 10, I'd say that they can be uh, at least their version of what I am now if they dedicate hours of every day for the next eight years to it and experiment and understand that it's not going to be the same platforms that you start out on, understand that you have to build long-term relationships with people, you have to provide value, never ask for anything, um, and just be authentically you, then I think you know you can you can mess around and experiment and build an audience start writing learn how to video edit you can do all that stuff and that's amazing and that will get that will make you better whether you know like you don't you don't if this is a 10 year old watching this or listening to this you don't want to be me you want to be your version of me if you want to be me um i like that and then as as far as like a, a 40 year old man just take everything they're probably more wise than me probably in a, in a lot of cases maybe not when it comes to sociable when it comes to other stuff um and they can use that to their advantage on social and just experiment 
Right. Okay. So, in, in your opinion, if you're 40 years old, mm-hmm. do you think it's too late? No, of course not. I mean, you know, of course not. I mean, I'm I'm not in a position to be like, wow, that's crazy young because I am 18. <laughs> but, like, I, I think in the grand scheme, because that still sounds old to me, even though I know when I'm 40, I'm going to feel crazy young. Like, I just know that now, if, you know, health stays good and everything like that. But, um, you know, 40 is obviously 40% done, right? Right. <laughs> No, and that's what's crazy. I'm 27, and I feel when I was like, even 18, I was like, man, 27. That's so old. Like I'm like, what the hell? Like I'm gonna have a family and kids and all that, and I'm not even close to that. Where it's like, right? <laughs> it's so crazy because it's like the way I look at it. It's 2018. By the time I'm 40 or 50, you know, 20 years down the road, what is medical technology gonna be like? Like, have you ever thought about that like how just especially being in yeah. in the kind of the technology space now like just as far as how quickly things change like so i mean basically when you're 130 years old is hoops nation mm-hmm. going to be around because of medical technology uh, <laughs> hopefully uh yeah. we'll see we'll see about the hoops nation part but hopefully i'm around then um or if not they're Others doing similar things. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so here's some of the the biggest questions I'm going to ask you today. Okay. So I hope you're ready for this. So you're a Knicks fan, right? Yes. As I mean, I I shouldn't even have said right because you make it obvious. Although I am wearing a Rockets jersey and I a Rockets shirt, and I never wear anything that's non-New York Knicks, but. It was given to me, and it's super comfortable. So there you go. There you but go. I am only a Knicks fan. See, now I just set you up for something to get called out on on social media. Right. <laughs> All right. So I don't know about you. I mean, I'm a pretty big NBA fan as well. Basketball period. Where mm-hmm. I just think that the league is getting crazy. Like I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's like everyone just expects it's going to be the Warriors. 99.9% of people think that way where yep. they're like I don't even have to watch any I'll still watch right <laughs> I that's how I am I'm like I know how this is going to end it's like watching football you're like well it's going to be Tom Brady in the Super Bowl but yep. any predictions for the upcoming season any do you think there'll be any surprises uh you know so the most I'll, I'll just give you a rundown cuz like I I have this conversation every night of my live stream so the most frequently asked questions are, who's the most underrated team? The answer is the Wizards. Healthy John Wall, Bradley Beal, healthy Dwight Howard. Average double-double and a half last year. Like, he's, this dude's ridiculous. John Wall healthy, Bradley Beal finally healthy. Kelly Oubre outstanding. Like, they, they've got a really dope squad, and they're in the East, so I could see them finishing top four in the East. Uh, Toronto Raptors are interesting. Obviously, the Sixers, Celtics, but... Uh, I see the Western Rounds Finals being Lakers-Warriors, Warriors winning, and then playing against Boston in the finals, beating Boston in five games. Um, let me see, what else? The Knicks hopefully will slide. I'm not going to ever say the Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs, even when they're not, <laughs> but hopefully they'll slide in the eighth seed. Um, I was going to ask, what's your reaction when they go 0-82 this year? <laughs> I don't know. 
some something would have to be done in that case. I'll well, be honest. Of- I was hoping for some love for my Bucks. I'm originally from Wisconsin. Hey, so I'm a big old, is, big old Bucks fan. Bucks and Lakers Giannis could win MVP this year. You think it'll happen? If he, I mean, if he keeps up this progression, there's no way he doesn't win at least one. Yeah. So this year, it's you know, I don't think LeBron's even going to be in the debate. I don't think Kevin Durant or Steph or James Harden are even going to be in the debate. I think it's between two guys: one in the East, one in the West. In the East, it's Giannis. In the West, it's uh, a guy with the absence of DeMarcus Cousins is going to be, uh, you know, getting as many shots as he could imagine, as he could ever dream up. So no more Rajon Rondo and no more DeMarcus Cousins. Anthony Davis is my pick for MVP. Okay. But Giannis is second. It's just crazy because both of those dudes are just freaks. Like, yeah. it's... It's going to be interesting, I think. I think there's a lot of good young talent coming up. Obviously, you're aware of that. It's. I think the league, like, there's a lot of people that they're like, this This league is nowhere near when Michael was playing and, you know, all that. That You know how that goes with the OGs. Or, yeah, like, the, the, the 90s were the best. And I'm like, are you crazy? This mm-hmm. is, like, these people are more athletic than they've ever been. Bigger, faster, stronger. Like, I think it's so, it's good. It's great. I think the NBA is at an all-time high right now. I don't. I, I mean, what do you for those people that are like that? Do you think that's just because it's like the old the Michael, Kobe, LeBron debate? You know, I didn't live through it, so I can't you know comment on the nostalgia aspect of it. But um, you know, from a viewership standpoint, you know, you can't deny that the NBA is more popular than it's ever been before. It's one of the top three fast-growing sports in the world. Yeah. Hadn't been. It wasn't in the 90s. It wasn't in the early 2000s. Um, in India, for example, I mentioned that that what I was trying to do in, in the Indian market, basketball is the second fast-growing sport in India. That's what it's I've heard a lot about is because they went – Only behind soccer. They built China pretty well. Obviously, mm-hmm. Yao helped with that. But I know that India, I've seen a lot of articles on it and things like that as far as that's really the next big market. When it yep. comes to NBA, Kevin Durant went there last summer. LeBron's gone there. You know, the NBA is going to be probably playing a preseason game next year there. There's there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And that's kind of something that I'm trying to hit on soon. That's what I was kind of thinking is, I mean, you're in a really good space then as far as the growth, like the outlook. Yeah. Like, I mean, realistically, you shouldn't be going anywhere anytime soon. When it, like I mean, you're safe. I don't want to say safe because that's when you get comfortable, and that's when somebody, you know, Dunk Junior comes yourself. out and takes you out. <laughs> uh, and you know what I mean. Like that's how a lot of people kind of get. They get that comfort, and then they're just. But you're in a really good space where it's like you, as long as you keep doing what you're doing, keep paying attention, keep learning, keep growing. Like you should have no issues. So yeah, I mean, you know. It's, uh, it's all about building brand because brand, like, and this is why I care so much about my personal brand and why, like, people that are famous are famous. They're not, like, social media famous because they can go anywhere they want and people are going to appear there. Right. Like, you know. I mean. Barack Obama can hop on any platform and people will follow him because they know who the hell he is and they respect him for what he does. Obviously, that's a ridiculous example, but you get the idea. Well, it's like I know you and Elliot have done this before where you put out something being like, oh, we're going to be at this park. 
2 p.m. Yeah. We're playing one-on-one for shirts. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have you seen? Have you gotten some pretty good responses? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even talking about IRL. I'm I'm talking about, like, if if any of this were to ever, if, like, Instagram died, and then I went to, I, like, start making more YouTube videos, and people were like, Buster, cool. Right. I know him. I'm going to subscribe because I already know who he is. It's about building that that brand aspect. But I think that the IRL side of it, that's just proof of concept. That too. If you can get that people too. to follow you in real life and show up, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that. That's that's kind of what everyone dreams of when they build their social media brand, in my For sure. opinion. For sure. That's awesome. I agree. All right, next question. So uh, you've been talking a lot about Zion lately. Yes. Who, I mean, obviously he's projected to be really the stud. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. he's. I think he's probably got some of the most hype around him uh, mm-hmm. going into this season. You think there's going to be any surprises as far as that goes or any other people that are really going to step up and just shine this year in college? Uh, you know, a lot of the Duke guys come to mind. Jelly JQ in at Nova. Um, Sharif I'm going to be rooting for at UCLA. A lot of guys that come to mind. Mostly for me, it's paying attention to who comes out okay as well as rooting for the guys that either i know personally or are you know bigger names all right that i can cover so i gotta give this dude some love just because we share a name and he's from my home state do you know who i'm talking about west virginia jordan mccabe okay what do you think of him he's good man he's good he's a really good guy too have you met him uh, I've DM'd with him a bunch, okay. but I haven't him. Okay, I think that's a guy that honestly is going to surprise a lot of people. Which obviously I'm, I'm a little biased, but I mean, he's he's at the perfect program for a, a player of his type. Yeah, he's a he's a baller. I mean, I'm, he's a, he's both a highlight machine and a, a real baller, so I'm, I'm looking forward. Definitely. So if, if you could play one-on-one with anyone... Yeah. Who would it be? LeBron. LeBron? You think you yeah, can hold your own? No, of course not. It would <laughs> get so many views. It would be ridiculous. Right, you're just thinking branding right there. Branding. Yeah, LeBron never does that stuff, so the answer is LeBron. Hey, you never know. I mean, come on, you're building quite a name for yourself, so I'm yeah, sure there's there's people that. lining up to, to take you. Yeah, <laughs> but not LeBron. <laughs> right. Which, I, th- I mean, that's something where, like, for you to sit down with LeBron in the future or something like that, that dude's got such a great mind when it comes to the business, the branding, mm-hmm. just a genius. You know what I mean? Like, just and I think a lot of people overlook. I used to be a hater, just because I'm a Kobe fan. So I was I used like, to be a hater too. but it's like so much respect when you see what he's done on his own. Like, not I don't want to say on his own, but like with not the best assets around him. Where he just literally throws everything on his back and doesn't back down. And there's a lot of dudes, I'm not going to name any names, but a lot of players that they kind of use that as an excuse as to why they can't do something. Or I'll name them. Kevin Durant, DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Shots fired, yeah, right? I, I'm going to have to clip that one. Basketball <laughs> analyst, bro. I just speak, speak the truth. Right. But at yeah. the same time, Katie's the second best player in the world. Right. 
which is why it's even more disappointing. But I'm not trying to go back to the past. He's a champion. No, it's and that's something where like for me personally, I hate the situation going on where the Warriors, I mean, Boogie signs with them for was it less than two million or something like that? Uh, just, yeah, it was the just, the stretch minimum. Just it was, insane. It was, it was like five million actually, but yeah. Or I get that notification on my phone, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" But I get it. Yeah. I mean, dude just wants to win now. Where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I I can respect it in the way that if I was gonna quit a job or get a job, I'm obviously gonna go into a situation that's the best for me, and my goals and my objectives. And I think that's hard for people to look up, uh, like just look past, especially in sports. Yeah, especially in sports. Well, Kevin Durant also like the one of the big misconceptions. I made a video about this on on YouTube a while ago, but Kevin Durant also went to the Warriors for Silicon Valley and every opportunity. Well, that's why LeBron's in L.A. Yeah, they all all making decisions based on outside of basketball things, which is one thing that I don't think Kevin Durant gets enough respect for. But at the same time, if I could you know, reverse that, you know, like drop a little veto, even though it's a free agent sign like David Stern would do back in the day. Don't even. No, I would. Don't even. My brother boycotted the NBA for like four years after that. Wow. Because he's a Laker fan as well. He's the reason I am a Laker fan. And that just destroyed us, man. I'm a Lakers and Bucks fan. So that one, so I've, I've, I've gotten the highs and the lows from both where I'm, the Lakers are back on the rise. The Bucks, it's like we're always just kind of flatline. And I, oh man, it's a struggle. But I mean, being a Knicks fan, you know how that goes. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I have no expectations for the Knicks, so it's I'm not hurt ever. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious you gotta love when you see your boys do well, though. That's always fun. Yeah, they never do, but yeah. <laughs> like I, like I, the only good moment, two good moments. When the Knicks beat the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs while back with Carmelo was against Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, that was a good moment. The other one was when Carmelo scored 62. Okay. Those were the only two good moments in my Knicks uh, fandom. That's a, that's. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. That's the only things you can think of, but yeah, I got you. I got you. It's tough, man. It's tough supporting a team that it's like you, you never know if they'll make it over the hump. But, there are fun moments. Like, obviously, Lynn's sanity was dope, but it wasn't like, I don't know, it just wasn't the same. I was also at Melo 62, so that, that's why oh, I wow. mentioned that. Personally, like, if I if I were chilling at every Lynn's sanity game and Jeremy Lynn, he's the man. Um, but, you know, it was different watching on TV. Right. No, definitely. All right, man. Well, we can wrap this up. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know for you sure. got some Instagram lives to prepare for. Um <laughs> So I appreciate you linking up with me. And I just want to throw this out there to people listening because the only reason that we're doing this right now is because I took the leap to hit you up. You know what I mean? On Instagram Live. Like, there's a lot of people that freak out about that. I posted up that picture too, so I hope you appreciated that one. Yeah, it was good. (laughs) Um, So for anyone that might have never heard of you, has no idea who you are, if they liked what they heard today, yeah, right? Come on. I mean, you gotta, you got something going for you. It's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. So, you know, if people like what they're hearing, I mean, maybe they want to 
if, if they're at that level where it's something that they want to consult with you, you know, get you on their platform, just anything like that, follow you, period. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at BustaShare, B-U-S-T-A-S-C-H-E-R, or on Hoops Nation if you're a basketball fan or if you're a diehard basketball fan and you like the way I talk, probably my YouTube, BustaShare. Um, yeah, I'd say that the best way to get in touch with me is probably on my personal Instagram. Perfect. All right. Well, there you have it. The man himself, Buster Share. And that's that. If you liked what you heard, make sure to hit the subscribe button, like, comment, take your friends, share it out. Make sure to go show some love to Buster Share at Buster Share on pretty much every platform. It'll be tagged everywhere you see this. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Until next time. <laughs>